I like this a lot. Rage, though, is like, uh, it, I mean, that to me, rage and anger are the difference between like a controlled burn and throwing a Molotov cocktail into a field. Much, you know, for, like if yeah, you're yeah. if you're angry or you have rage, like, and you're you're using that like as a tool. If it's controlled and you're not like blind with rage, then it well, can sometimes be very you need useful. a little chaos in life too, though, right? So it's like sure. uh, my I, I, your metaphor is uh, fine, but what I would say is. Anger is more like a, a, a river flowing and rage is more concentrated, but it's also more immediate. It's more, I would say more than a Molotov cocktail. It's like a grenade going off. Okay. And sometimes you need... I was just thinking off. fire. Yeah, so... <laughs> Scary. Sometimes, sometimes you need an explosion. Like if somebody charged in here right now... Yeah, you would Trying shoot to do them. some violent shit, I would fuck them up really yeah. quickly. Yeah. And so, I, but that's where I'm more of a little bitch. I'd be like, oh, Dan's got it. Like... That's the bystander effect. Yeah. Well, right? yeah. Well, no, but like, dude, I don't have a gun. I'm not. I'm, I That's am, your fault. I don't want a gun. You're in Texas. I don't want a gun. I I was saying this before we started, dude. Like, I have too many intrusive thoughts, and I drink, and I get the sads. Like, I just don't want a gun around. It's too easy. I don't think Mike should have a gun. Yeah, I'm not going to do anything bad with it. Like, maybe it would be good to have for defense in a box with a locked safe with a breathalyzer on it. Mm. That could be good, <laughs> you know. But I don't know that, like. Uh, it just, That's not a bad idea. I just don't know that I, I really need a gun more than, uh, than I need to not shoot myself. I feel like a good like, alternative for meditation, if you have a lot of anger, would just be like screaming at the top of your lungs alone at home. Um, okay. Well, that's not – yeah, that's, that's, that's a thing. Sure. People do that. <clears throat> yeah, they're, that's they're, just like a shitty version of transcendental meditation. <laughs> I mean, it kind of is, but it's, it's also... It's nothing like transcendental meditation. It's, it's, it's like... Um, no, you need a mantra. It's like releasing a pressure valve, mm-hmm. right? Sometimes you need to fucking yell or punch something or whatever the case is. Mm-hmm. But I do think that uh, there's something to be said for feeling the early stage of that and then figuring out some way to handle it before it becomes a problem. Yeah. It's probably important, right? I think that's why meditation is important at all, is just being able to check in with how you're feeling and noticing right. that. Well, we need to, that, that's the thing. There is a, if you read, there, there's a number of, of books you should read, two of them by Sam Harris. One is The okay. Moral the moral Landscape is an important book to read. I, I like that one. And the other one is uh, Waking Up. So yeah. it, it, they kind of discuss, one, The Moral Landscape talks about ethics from a scientific point of view. Uh-huh. And I think it's pretty smart. Chapter three is particularly good. And then Waking Up is about how, look, we understand that you're not religious and you don't believe in God and shit. But there is something intrinsic to humanity where we need the process of spirituality to come to terms with our existence and how to deal with the world. Right. Mm -hmm. It's a, it's, it's kind of a, a membrane where, uh, uh, social sociology and philosophy and shit like that just kind of cling to it. And then we, we experience it by being in the membrane. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? And if you can't figure out a way to do that, if you can't, and it's not about deity, it's not about a God or any of that stupid bullshit. It's about, organizing your life around a set of ideas. And one of those ideas should be that I have to have some kind of positive purpose in my life, mm-hmm. whatever that happens to be. And you see what happens to people that don't have purpose. Yeah. 
they're fucked. It's a miserable you know existence. I mean? Yeah. So, and you know, I think that there's a lot of these uh, institutions of society that are meant to uh, solve those problems, like, you know, schooling and uh, formal education should help you find your purpose. But instead, it's become the exact opposite. Right. I mean, if you listen to Elon Musk talk about what he, how he would reimagine uh, just part prim- of the machine, primary education. Well, I think everyone's parents should own apartheid emerald mines. Yeah. <laughs> That's the first solution. No, no, but he's. Oh, new accent. Yeah. He says um, that there shouldn't be grades. Not, okay. not, not like test scores. I mean, there shouldn't be like first, second, and third grade. You should learn what you're interested in learning at your own pace. Mm-hmm. And if you're fucking 10 years old and you're able to keep up with 15 to 18-year-olds, we should all probably know that and take advantage of that and allow you, provide a mechanism for you to also take advantage of that. You know what I mean? Yeah, well, I like that. Somebody having to stay in fucking seventh grade because that's the age they are, that's fucking... We don't do that anywhere else. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And in the institutions, we do uh, that stuff, like in unions and shit like that, where, oh, he's got seniority, like, but I'm better. Yeah. You don't see that in sports. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. they want to win. Yeah. You don't see it yeah. in war because they want to fucking win. Why the fuck would we do it in our education system? It doesn't make any sense. But everybody's a fucking pussy, right? Yeah. Like, what about the social impact? And that's something you should take into consideration. Uh, uh, a fucking seven-year-old second grader being around fucking 13, 14-year-olds all the time, that yeah. may have some impact. Maybe there's something about being around your classmates that is necessary for your personal development. They're just trying to but, put but everyone in boxes to make everyone become yeah. taxpayers and stuck in the nine to five. Pretty much. Well, yeah, education and socialization should be divorced. Mm-hmm. Like you should have your, your social peers who are in your, your interests and your extracurriculars, you know, you yeah, can I mean, do imagine sports, you can do ima- combat stuff. I disagree. Yeah. I think socialization should be a part of everything. Well, yeah, it, it will be, but he's saying there should be an, uh, uh, an addendum, I guess, for lack yeah. of a better phrase. And I agree with that. Yeah. Because if you're a fucking 12 year old and you're hanging out with a bunch of 16 and 17 year olds, your life experience is vastly different than theirs. And you should be around people like, dude, I'm a fucking retard and I love stupid cartoons. And I was watching on Disney plus, they have a bunch of the Pixar shorts and I love those because they appeal to all the ages with the emotions of it. And then they had one that was the Doug, the dog from the movie up. Mm. And it's just a whole mini series of him interacting with the old guy. And I was like, oh, I love that character. This will be great. But the dialogue is so juvenile and repetitive and boring that even my super stoned dumbass was like, this is too childish for me. Like that, that's going to happen with kids where they're in the wrong social groups and they're subjected to things that don't make sense or don't work for them in their educational format. But if you're then going and playing football with all your buddies that are the same age, then you can talk about the shit that makes sense and, like, the commonalities and the zeitgeist of your age. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, that was, that was better put. Yeah. I just tried to say less words the first time. <laughs> well, well you, need to say, to me to them. you need to say more words, right? We, we've, we've grown far too accustomed and comfortable with saying as few words as possible to get an idea across, but that's not really how ideas work, is it? Yeah, brevity is the soul of wit, though. Fuck that. I mean, yeah, it's putting more pressure on the other person to come up with their own interpretation. Shakespeare so. said that in a time when he was one of very few people that could read or write. <laughs> Fair. You know what I mean? Fair. I think uh, there's another Einstein quote, though, that's if you can't explain something simply, then you don't understand it. Yeah, that's absolutely true. But so, he's, he's talking about scientific principles, right? So, and you have to. Yeah, not communication socially. Yeah, you're, you, you have to understand all the schema required to explain something to someone. Like if you told, if you, how many times have you told a joke, but it's like four layers deep, 
So, I mean, for a comedian, that's actually a good thing because you can just tell a joke at each one of those other layers and make it a whole fucking 10-minute set now uh-huh. instead of just one fucking joke. But for most people, it's like, God, now I've got to explain. It's like nested memes. It's like, this is a meme on a meme on a meme, and I've got to explain all this shit yeah. to this bitch I'm dating to understand why I'm <laughs> laughing right now, and I'm not doing it. It's, it's just a happen. moth standing in the corner yeah. of a room. They don't know that I was popular. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But this is so, it's yeah. so funny. But it, we, it's easy to explain that scenario now that we're in meme culture, but schema like that have existed for years. I mean, imagine somebody coming to, um, or imagine somebody going to, uh, Sub-Saharan Africa during the Industrial Revolution in Europe and in the U.S. Mm-hmm. Trying to explain certain fucking things like like uh, 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 gang violence or something mm. like that inside of like imagine somebody trying in in South Africa and fucking uh, 1901 trying to explain the gangs of New York. Yeah. To somebody, it'd be like, what the fuck are you talking about? There's just so many different elements. Like, why? Why are they doing this? Who's, who's causing it or who's allowing this, maybe? Because they were authoritarian then. The Dutch were lighting people up back then. So yeah. I don't know. You just have to understand so many different things for certain shit to make sense. So if I tell you a story about a chair, uh-huh. you have to know what a chair is before sure. that story can make any sense to you. Yeah. I, so, I, I mean, like, I, I agree with that. And so, I, I mean, we do – I notice that we get oversimplified in arguments online, especially. Like, someone will just make their point and then assume that you understand the secondary and tertiary <laughs> stuff behind it. Well, and then you get into a shouting match, and you're just – you both agree, and you don't even realize it. People, yeah. people often also uh, intentionally misrepresent – the other person. Mm-hmm. So, so what you're saying is anything. Yeah, they build they, these straw men. Yeah, anything that comes after. So, what you're saying is just shut the fuck up and kill yourself because that's <laughs> stupid. Um, yeah, there's too many arguments based on assumptions. Yeah, there's a which I think is a result of not being using enough words. There's something that called kind of thought process. Rappaport's rules, not Michael Rappaport. Rappaport's rules. Some Jordan Peterson talks about a lot. Um, if you were in marriage counseling, for example, you and your wife were in marriage counseling, and you guys were having a disagreement, a good therapist might if he saw that there was a miscommunication, require you to explain her point of view back to her to her satisfaction before you guys could continue the conversation. Ah. So instead of like you assuming what she means, you explain back to her exactly what she means. She goes, yes, that's what I mean. At least now you're playing with fucking real information. Yeah, you know that's I mean? very useful. Yes, it is. That's, that's very interesting. Yeah, but then he goes on to say like, yeah, you don't want to do that though. But Who says that? Jordan Peterson. Uh, he does. Yeah, I mean, look, if you... I, I disagree with him there. I think it's a really helpful thing to do, but that's because I think like he does, and he knows that other people don't think that way. I, I, I think his point was that it was just uncomfortable to go that far. It is uncomfortable. I don't think he was doing that, that to do it. I mean, yeah, it's uh, things that are worth doing are typically uncomfortable, like anal, for example. <laughs> yeah. At that's, first, anyways. Yeah, yeah, yeah. After yeah. a while, just and then you loosen up. Slides right in there. <laughs> Not a fan of anal. Uh, uh, which? Not giving it either. Oh, mm. it's weird that you've received it, but good for you. Weird in no, what way? Here's the problem with fucking the words normal and weird. Mm-hmm. They don't mean good and bad. No. You understand? Just because 5% of the population is gay doesn't mean that saying that's abnormal means that I don't even, I don't care. Oh, well, I wasn't even, I was saying it's abnormal because a straight male to have received no, something no, no. in your hands. That's not even truly straight, but the, oh. that's not the point. The point <laughs> is. The point is, well, there's no fucking point. There's no, been no point to any of this. <laughs> no, <laughs> there never has about. been. It's the Let's Giggle kill Boys. ourselves. Yeah. Dude, uh, it's the Giggle Boys. We've never made a point once. I would I would. I try. No, I wouldn't do that. Making points is... Oh, I know a good point. 
Next Saturday, we're doing a live Giggle Boys. Oh, yeah, at Native Hostel at 8.30 p.m. on November 20th. Yeah, here in Austin, so a week from today. I know the folks that own that place. I'm going to tell them to shut that whole thing down. Because, Great. Uh, uh, Hate speech. What, yeah. Well, we'll be live on here yeah. and in person. There's going to be a crowd. It's going to be fucking who's, fun. Who's producing it? Giorgio doing it for you? Yeah. Yeah. Dope. Wait, when is it? November 20th. A week from today. November it's going to be interactive. We're going to like call people up and stuff, and it's yeah. going to be a whole hang session. It's going to be I'm, – I'm really excited. I'll We're, give away one surprise. We have a sign language interpreter coming. Are they? Oh, yeah, I forgot about Do they that. actually know sign language? No, yeah, she's, and she's hot. But who cares about that? I don't that? care. My girlfriend's hotter than her, I guarantee you but that. Here's but here's the thing. Yeah, she is. Here's the, <laughs> Your girlfriend's I, so hot. It's, yeah, she is. Uh, I, I just want it to be fake. I love fake sign language. So like with the I Obama get, thing? God damn. I love that. That's one of the best things that's ever happened to me, dude. Yeah. Our favorite, too. But yeah. I also, the reason I love it is because they've had them at concerts for a while now. And, like, the best thing is watching white sign language interpreters at rap concerts because they have no rhythm and they're trying to, to do How do you say the, the N-word in, in sign language? That's what we're going to find out. We're right. going to have a black guy come up on stage so he can say it with no problem. <laughs> just over and then and have over her do over. the sign language. Yeah, tell him just, like, at some point say it a few times and then be like, hey, I just want to stop for a second and uh, – can you just say the N word repeatedly and have her do the thing so everybody can learn? <laughs> so just so you just so you know if somebody's doing it in the wild and you can call them out on it. And is there a difference if there's a hard R? Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, yeah. do you like do your pinky different? <laughs> but so that's why I wanted her there so that we can be like, what are the words you've always wanted to see in sign language? Swastika. Come fart. <laughs> Swastika. Come fart. These are hilarious things that you're never going to get to see from a Did real. Did she sign do language. this uh, professionally? Eli was in charge, so probably not. <laughs> She just I don't knows. Think so. American she just knows sign language. God okay. damn it! Okay, cool. Good, good, good. Well, it's going to be great. Yeah, I'm excited be, for it. That'll be fun. I mean, I would. Uh, that would be an interesting thing to to know if she'd been doing it professionally. What are the, what are the words you don't like to do? Maybe, yeah. Maybe it just sucks to do it, or what are the ones that are super fun to do? Uh, I've seen them at. Um, fuck, I don't remember whose concert it was. I don't think they have word preferences. Well, you might. That's why we uh, asked. Do you have favorite English words to say? Yes. Cunt, yeah. Fair. I really enjoy saying cunt. That's a good one. I um, like saying ostensibly and vicariously. Just like those long <laughs> Lee words, because they make me feel like a smart boy. Long Lee words. Yeah, yeah. typical old Sam Harris over here. Yeah, I'm a big old adverb fan. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Anything with L-Y at the end. Yeah. I'm, I'm good with that. Obesely. Bit.ly. <laughs> Bitly. Shorten those links. Bitly.com or bit.ly slash abortion shirt. You can get our legalized abortion shirt. Oh, yeah. Capitalize the A and the S. Yeah. Wait, what's what happened? Uh, so when Georgia and Alabama said no abortions, mm-hmm. we were like, boo, we love abortions. So what do we do? So Eli is a pretty good artist. So he drew a joint with a fetus in the end of it being smoked. Mm. And then we put legalize it. So, like you should be able to kill your fetuses in Georgia and Alabama. And then we donated all the proceeds to Planned Parenthood there. Yeah. Yeah, so that we made those shirts. Why, why would you we're give heroes. the money to Planned Parenthood? Because though? we're heroes. Yeah, I don't know. Because I don't know any other organizations that are down with a bobo. Uh, I guess there's Susan B. Komen I, in a way. But Is that the, the breast cancer lady? Yeah, yeah. no. No, but she's that. a cunt. Well, they're, they're so all she's a, Sanger, no, yeah. she's a titless cunt. Margaret Sanger founded Planned Parenthood Susan, to sterilize black people. Susan yeah. G. Cummins can suck my dick. They don't do anything for cancer research. It's just a marketing company. That's yeah, a, like that's 0.01% goes to cancer research or something like that. That's what all cancer... Yeah, charities, not, charities are bullshit. Yeah, charities. No, dude, there's a, if you want to help a cancer patient, go help a specific cancer patient. Yeah. Great Just point. Go, there's a charity. Hand uh, stacks of money in every room. There is a company, though, that does actual charity ratings. 
uh, Effective Altruism, I think is the name of the company. But they look at like what percentage goes to overhead, like how much the like each dollar given affects the problem they're trying to solve, how much that problem actually is a deal. And I think like for the last like two or three years, the most effective dollar that you can donate is to this deworming Africa campaign. But I don't know. Well, speaking of worms. Uh, oh. We're going to get the worm report here soon. That would have been a good segue. Oh, God oh, damn it. Great. It's too bad you're a fucking stoner piece of shit. Otherwise, you could have saved that story five minutes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hey, you know what? Well, we all live in the world we live in, right? So, I'm two minutes. Uh, no, it's worms will still be relevant by the time he gets here. I'm sure. Are we set up over there for Casey? Worms will always be uh, relevant. Hey, is there, there's a mic on over there, isn't there? Pick a mic up and talk. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. Perfect. Sweet. Yeah. And you can, you can switch the camera. And we have camera you, seven right? over there, yeah. Yep. Right. Let's see it. Look at that. Yeah. Beautiful. Hey. There we go. Um, <clears throat> we've talked about a lot today. We have. Um, are, there, are there any things that you would like to bring up that you don't normally get to address? I talk on camera for like 12 hours a week, so no. Yeah, I kind of figured you that probably want be... to talk about less. No. Well, just breaking news, Dan. Oklahoma lost to Baylor. <laughs> I knew it. Fucking knew was it. Was it like a rape off? Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Who can like rape 24 more? Twenty-four to seventeen football, but oh man, did you know I played college football? It'd be more entertaining if uh, if the, if they raped each other. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Mike played college football. Mike is more of an athlete than me. That's still the case. <laughs> right? Dude, we've been no, trying to set it up. No, he, he, no not at all. What? Yeah, he's he works out every day, but I we've been trying to set it up. I still think I could beat him in a foot race. Yeah, we, we should do that. I'm pretty sure on like an A to B foot race. Our other producer, uh, Rob, mm-hmm. said he's like, yeah, I still think I can run like a fucking, I don't know, a sub 540. Oh. No, you can't. I can't do that. I believe he said 4.8 or something like that. I was like, there's no way. So high school, I ran a 496. That was, and I, my senior year, I was 6'1", 260, benching 405, mm-hmm. squatting 550. But I was too short to go D1. Right. Every, I went to William & Mary. They all made fun of me. Mm. I benched more than their starting center, but I was four inches shorter. Right. They're like, sucker dick. So <clears> I went D3. But uh, I'm not anywhere near any of those stats anymore. I could probably put up 225 once now. But. I couldn't even put numbers to my strength back then. Uh, I think working out is fucking pointless, to be honest. Oh, it's such a fun release. Mm. It's the I, only I, time that metal makes sense. Dude, fighting people is such a good release. And it's um, good to know how to fight people. I know you have guns, but like... Yeah, I mean, no, I, I've done quite a bit of fighting in my life as well. We don't just fucking run around and shoot each other. Uh, but it's... <laughs> which would be fucking hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> dude, I would love uh, like a military sitcom. Yeah. <laughs> dude, some dude. It's like, it's like that... Whoever that is in, in the office in Archer that's always getting shot. Yeah, Barry. Bar- Bar- no, Brett. Oh, that is. Yeah, it's Brett. Yeah, Barry's yeah. the Russian agent. Yeah, yeah, that's a while. Right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah. Fucking love that show. New season is God so good. damn it, Archer. Yeah. Yeah, it's really funny. Well, he's dead. Isn't Brett dead now? Didn't he die in like season eight or I something? I think so. Oh, uh, they'll bring it back as a cyborg. Who cares? Yeah, it's... Um, the show doesn't have to make sense. Krieger yeah. is still the greatest character of any show. Yeah, I don't think... I mean, look, you, you're doing a comedy, uh, including your, your main character, who is a very Jewish man, right? Uh, and one of, your main, one of the main characters on the show is a literal clone of Hitler. Yeah. Well, who's the Jew? Uh, what? Who's the very Jewish man? Archer. Sterling. I mean, no, no. I don't... The guy who plays him. Oh, H. John, H. John Benjamin? Benjamin? Yeah. yeah. I mean, I you can that. tell by the Benjamin, because <laughs> it's one of the tribes of Israel. <laughs> Dude, have you ever watched anything else he does? Uh, I, I grew up watching home movies. So okay, yeah, yeah, yeah perfect. Sure, Coach yeah. McGurk. Yeah. Dude, 
His, he's always been. It's his. It's not even the voice is cool, but the delivery incredible. Is, yeah, it's so good. He plays the can of soup in the Wet Hot American Summer <laughs> yeah. stuff, but his voice and his face match up so so little with who Archer is, and yet it's so fucking perfect. But his attitude is very Archer. Though, exactly. Right? Yeah. They I mean, were talking about making a live action one, and they want to do an H. John Ham Benjamin. <laughs> so they have John Ham be the person. Now are they the face of it? Are they yeah. fucking? Oh, I love that. Are they fucking? No, it's just him. But he's dubbed with with H. John Benjamin's voice. I mean, really, it would be Ryan Reynolds with H. John Benjamin's voice, right? He's any any anybody that's like super in shape, good looking, but also self-effacing and a fucking complete knucklehead mm-hmm. is Ryan Reynolds to me. Like Deadpool. Yeah. was written before Ryan Reynolds was a thing, but I somehow I believe that Stanley knew that Ryan right. Reynolds was going to become a thing, right? I think Deadpool debuted in like the mid or early 80s or something like that, 83 or something. Mm-hmm. And then for the comic? Yeah, yeah. and then Red uh, no, for what? Oh yeah, yeah, for yeah. the comic book, yeah. yeah. And then uh when what was Ryan Reynolds' first big thing? Was it waiting? Uh, That's what was, I found. He was out in about the him. sitcom Two Guys a Girl in a Pizza Place. Nobody cares about that. The it, Green Lantern. It, waiting. The Green Lantern that everybody shit on. No, Green Lantern that was, was after years Waiting. Later. Yeah, yeah, but Waiting was. Waiting his, was like 2000. Yeah, yeah, Waiting was one of the greatest. Well, and Waiting all had Justin Long, yeah. Dane Cook, fucking a bunch of. Skylar Stone was in it. Yeah. Dude, that um, was a great movie. What's uh, the woman's name? Andy Milanakis. Yeah, Anna Milanakis. Uh, Chris Pratt's ex wife, Anna Ferris. Oh, yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. Did she divorce him because he's a crazy religious nut? Uh, he's not a crazy religious nut, is he? Chris Pratt? Yeah, he loves Jesus, and he goes to the anti-homo church. All he gets church, shit for it all, all the time. All churches are anti-homo, let's be real. Oh, right. they have gay church. I mean, if you believe in the Bible, then you don't like gay people. Yeah, true. Because it says to kill them in the Bible. Yeah, but religious moderation is just uh, getting further and further away from your textbook. Yeah. So, like... Yeah, you, you never see any new religious texts come out and, and pull back on science a little bit, do you? Yeah, okay. right. Now, we thought gravity was a thing, but it turns out there's floating <laughs> ghosts everywhere. Here's a book that says it. Like, shut the fuck up, loser. Um... David Interdimensional entities aren't affected by gravity. Dude, Bible verses out of context is so <coughs> funny. I, I grew up going to Catholic church, and we always had Bible study and all mm-hmm. that. And I was uh, yeah, involved oh, around the church for quite a while. And like, there's so many Bible verses that mm-hmm. if you take them out of context are objectively hilarious. Second mm-hmm. Kings, there's one about a bald dude. And he's like walking down the street, and these kids are like, hey, you're bald. His name's Elisha. Yeah. And yeah. They, they call him Baldhead, and then he calls out two bears. Two they, female bears. Two female bears, oh, and they eat that. like 43 children yeah. or something like that. Kids should have been standing there. It's fucking awesome. Uh, they should have called a bunch of worms. Van Wilder was, was before. Oh, that's waiting. right. Dude, so. Van Wilder was written uh, on the context of who Burt Kreischer was in real life. <laughs> They wrote a Rolling Stone no article about Burt Kreischer being the number one party boy in America while so he was sense. at Florida State. And then Rolling Stone uh, became, wrote that article and then basically made Van Wilder about the ethos of Burt Kreischer, uh, which is pretty cool. I like that. Yeah, he's a fascinating dude. I can't wait to see. He's got that movie that he, he made about his Russian story, The Machine. Mm. Uh, but Mark Hamill is in it. Uh, is, who's, who's Mark? That? Uh, Luke, Luke Skywalker. Skywalker. Who, who does Mark Hamill play? I think he plays either a, one of the Russian mm. mobsters or maybe his dad. I don't know. But his own father. Yeah, it's possible. Nice. The original Luke Skywalker? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, there's only been one. Yeah. Well, who's, who would... I don't know. I, just, I haven't seen Luke Skywalker since I was like five. The Last Jedi just came out like two years ago. Mm. He has like a two-second cameo. Now, he's a big part of the last two. The first one, there's Maybe a two-second cameo, then the next two. 
he's in. Yeah. But have you seen Worm Wars? I've seen Dune. I'm trying to segue over here. Yeah. <laughs> Dune, Dune, which Star Wars was stolen from. That is, yeah, that is Worm Wars, actually. Yeah, it is. Uh, the Sandworm. Have you seen the new one? There's, oh, yeah, it's fucking amazing. All right, I'll it's, go watch it. It's amazing. Okay. You should, if you're going to watch it, try to watch it in a theater, though. Yeah, there's still, it's like out in the draft house. Yeah, I've got, a, I've got like a giant theater in my house. Yeah, good. Like a 120 inch screen with a 4K ultra short mm. throw projector and Bose speakers all over the place. Yeah, yeah we'll, we'll come over later. You can if you want. <laughs> if you want to come watch that movie sometime, let me know and you can, come, you can watch it there because I'll watch it again. It's fucking dope as shit. That does sound fun. I love, down. Yeah, it's, it's fucking, fucking K-hole. It's so good. God damn. Well, I'm not going to get. No, I like to. I want to enjoy, <laughs> enjoy the, the movie, movie yeah. motherfucker. Uh, anyways. Worms yeah, dude. are a big part of this fucking movie. They're all over the ground. And you would think human beings, I know how human beings think. If there were giant worms underground and the reason you couldn't get to the main thing you need for the entire universe, those worms would be annihilated. For sure. We would kill the worms so fast. We killed the American buffalo just because we were hungry. Yeah. Like it's gone now forever. So dude, you we would fuck shit up when it gets. Well, I hear yeah. worms are impervious to steel. Uh, I don't know. I've uh, we brought in a worm expert. We yeah. should yeah. Let's check with our specialist. Yeah. Let's yeah. go over to Casey Rocket with the worm report. Bum, bum, bum. <laughs> Sup, fuckers. Uh, <laughs> it's me. I just woke up, but goddamn, the worm must go on. There's nobody there. Happy worm, man. <laughs> Make it worm, or else forget about it. <laughs> Happy to be here, man. Wiggle big, wiggle small. Happy to, happy to worm with you boys this fine September evening. What day is it? Happy worm, baby. First on the agenda, there's a pressing question that's been going around recently in regards to worm economics. Worm-to-worm combat. What to do if a worm comes up to your wife in the grocery store and he's being a real piece of shit? Well, the answer's pretty simple. You're not going to like it. You're going to have to kiss him. Okay? <laughs> right on his sweet little worm lippies. Give him a smooch. Yeah, it's embarrassing, but you want your wife to be happy, don't you, dude? Anyways, uh, <laughs> worms in remembrance. Remembering one of the most famous worms of the 90s, Chester Worm Benningfield. The, <laughs> the worm, you might remember him from SportsCenter. The worm... <laughs> The worm who got picked from the audience at Game 7 of the World Series because they ran out of pitchers, and they were like, well, let's give him a shot. Fuck it. And they gave him a shot, but he only threw the ball like a foot. And he said, goddamn worm, I don't know what they were thinking, man. And everybody started booing, and I think he, was, he started crying or something. It was so embarrassing, dude. But, hey, you should have played baseball better. And <laughs> lastly, here's something I've been thinking of. Mr. Worm, tear down that wall. Okay. Uh, worms in the Soviet Union in the 1980s. Uh, we all know the socioeconomic implications of worm. And uh, when it get cold, worm get scared. Anyways, thank you guys so much. <laughs> Thanks for being here, man. So happy to see you. That's been the Worm Report with Casey Rocket. Yeah! <laughs> thank you, Casey Rocket. He's I, really starting to grow on people. Yeah. Uh, what do you mean? 
Uh, a lot of people weren't a fan at first. Oh, well, that's... Or a few people in the comments. And then we've had people, like, say, I wasn't a fan at first, and now I can't wait for the next Worm Report. Yeah, that's how, how it goes. The first one's always free. Yeah. That's Worm 101. Crack rules. <laughs> uh, so I'm being told by people in the comments, speaking of those, uh-huh. uh, that Spice is the Worm's shit. In which case, we would have learned to sew the worm's mouth shut and harvest its shit. Hang on, you know what? what I mean? Spice from Dune? In Dune. So the oh. drug, well, it's kind of a drug, but also a fuel source. Okay. Which is pretty dope. I mean, if you think about it, gas is also kind of a drug. Yeah, you can huff it. Yeah. I've, I've, right, Casey? <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> we all thought Casey was a mechanic when we first met him. It turns out he's just always huffing gas. <laughs> <laughs> Which, I mean, why not? <laughs> like, who, who am I to tell somebody not to huff gas? No, he's actually a car. Yeah. <laughs> well, the human lawnmower. <laughs> <laughs> that would be cool to be the human lawnmower, except for that's... Vegan. Mexican? I'm, I'm white, so... No. <laughs> uh, so Spice is... It's their the, shit, yeah. The shit Don't of spoil the it. And the that's worms. not spoiling it. This was written in the fucking 1960s, bro. I didn't read it. Uh, well, yeah. It's... Cal Penn dies in I was, house. <laughs> I, wasn't even al- I wasn't even alive in the 60s. That would be, you should do like a fucking old movie spoilers.com. Yeah. That would be a real fucking early 2000s to do. Just some obscure, I'm going to make a million dollars on my obscure website. Like, <laughs> yeah. You're not, but it's going to be really funny 20 years from now. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's worm shit. Oh, uh, that's interesting. It is, but I mean, have you we seen We would have that? definitely figured out how to yeah. harvest that. Remember now. that episode of Futurama? Um, oh, where Nibbler shit is the... Well, that's one, yeah, but then there's Slurm, right? Which oh, is yeah. the fucking giant worm that's shit. Slurm's out. McKenzie. Yeah, yeah so... Um, yeah. We would find a way to put a saddle on that motherfucker. There isn't some creature on Earth right now that we know about that we haven't completely dominated. Yeah, like horseshoe crabs are super <clears throat> useful for their blood. Uh, we use it in a bunch of medical procedures, so Word. we just harvest their blood. Yeah, but those that's not even a threatening animal. We're talking, oh, they're so scary looking. Ape- <laughs> apex predators. There, there are a, like 300, eight, well, up until two years ago before they fucked them over. Uh, uh, free Joe Exotic, by the way. Oh, Get him out of there. Yeah. Uh, b- before we fucked over Joe Exotic, this meth head gay hillbilly with no education and barely able to stand upright, yeah. is able to dominate 50, Straight men. 50, <laughs> that too. Straight men, yeah. And dangerous looking ones at least. Yeah. But 50 plus goddamn apex predators yeah. just because he felt like it. So you're telling me there's some giant worm in space somewhere that can't be dominated? Fuck that. I will bang that worm in front of its children. Yeah. <laughs> To establish dominance. Send the state of Oklahoma yeah. to do Or Dune. you just turn the... What you have to really do is... I mean, that, that would work. Uh, I would love that, because I hate Oklahoma. Yeah. So if we could get rid of Oklahoma by sending it to Dune... Space I don't even hobos. understand how Oklahoma defeated Native Americans. Well, they did. Smallpox blankets. It, it was... No, that, that, that's not real. We didn't do that? You can't do that. Damn smallpox, it! Smallpox is too large to fucking travel that way. Oh. Fucking retards. So what kind Whatever. of blankets do we use? Uh, we, we just gave... Needles? Them. No. <laughs> no, we just killed them with guns. Oh. <laughs> and fire and shit. Yeah. Oh. Syphilis? Mm, no, maybe. no biological warfare. No, that's, that's damn. No. Texas <laughs> education sucks. Oh no, that's that's. I learned that yeah, in school. Yeah, yeah. So I did we, too. In California, what, what, what kids are learning now in school is that the real birth of the country was 1619. Uh huh. Right? What? Because that's when slaves first came here. Oh. So that's what critical race theory is. They want to teach. Oh. Cho- they want to teach American children that 
the beginning of the country wasn't the Constitution that says that all men are created equal, even though they didn't abide by that. But that's when it became a country. When, I mean, like, wouldn't you say we became a country when Here's we the thing. fought if, to become a country? If you and I are trying to battle somehow, let's call it a football game. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's the difference between a battle and a war, I guess. So okay. It's a about, season and a game. It's about timeline. So if, if, if you and I were in a conversation and we're debating something, and I, we get to the point in the argument where I'm right, uh-huh. right, because it does go back and forth, and I'm just like, see, I'm right, I'm done, and I quit. That's cool and all, but I really haven't won anything. That's like saying that you won even because the game, because you were leading at halftime. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? And that's not the case. So <clears throat> this theory wants to change uh, uh, the beginning of our perceived history as then, mm-hmm. because if you do it that way, then it appears as though everything has always been built on that. That's like saying God created the universe. You, you haven't actually said anything, mm-hmm. but you've attributed all this responsibility to God now. It doesn't make any fucking sense. So by saying that America started when the first slaves got here, then the country becomes founded on slavery? Correct. And that's beneficial for white guilt? or It's, it's beneficial for, for the argument that... And what, what is the argument being made there? The argument is that everything that came from that is fruit of the poison tree, right? Okay. And that that entire system ha- now has to be dismantled in favor of some other system. And it's odd that they always come up with a system like Marxism, right? Which is the only other one that exists, really. Well, so you, the, I think the thing that's so interesting that gets conflated by stupid people is Marxism and free shit. Because, like, the real, like, yeah. actual, like, idea behind it is that the further we are separated from the <clears throat> means of production, like the less power that we have. Correct, so yeah. in a communist society, everybody would be working all the time, yeah. and then you would not have to pay for anything. Well, that's what happens, right? So in, in a it's mar- not free shit. In a, mar- right? in a Marxist slash so- socialist society, it always goes to communism. It, mm-hmm. has, to, it has to, right? Yeah. Uh, and in a capitalist society, it always goes to corporatism, right? Typically speaking, or at, at the very least it goes to the level of an oligarchy. Yeah. Now, unfortunately, in Russia and China, both have happened, right? They're, they're not communist societies. They're hybrid societies, right? Mm-hmm. Well, you can have capitalism with socialist aspects. Sure, that's what it's modified capitalism. Yeah, that's what we have here in America, typically. But uh, we've gotten to the point in America where corporatism is more or less taken over. Like yeah. We're, yeah. We're, we're in a death spiral with corporatism. If you haven't seen the, the TV series Continuum, you should go Ooh, watch okay. that. Will this uh, give me anxiety? Uh, yeah. All right, I'm not going to watch that then. Can it's, I just watch Idiocracy and be like, ah, it's a funny version? It's the, uh, well, there's a happy ending in Idiocracy. There's not going to be a happy ending here. Uh, well, I guess it depends on how uh, you are. said you were stoked for war. I personally am, yeah. So, I mean, for me, it works out either way. I either get to enjoy this great country that we live in uh, in the way that I'm enjoying it now, or I'm going to be in a gunfight. Well, either way, I'm happy. Right? Yeah, that's what stoicism really is. Yeah. Like, I, I'm going to enjoy it no matter what happens. Well, the, yeah, sto- you got all the angles covered. Stoicism is anti-catastrophizing. So mm-hmm. if... Uh, like nothing I mean, can go wrong if it's unprepared? Not necessarily, but in a way, yes. Like that's, the anti-fragile that's, theory. Yeah, that's the outcome of what I'm talking about. But the actual practice is that uh, it's what I've told people for fucking 30 years about doing drugs, especially mm-hmm. psychotropic drugs. This isn't real, and this won't last forever. And that's what pain is. If, if, mm, so the, interesting. the Stoic would say that if you're still alive and you have that pain, then clearly the pain isn't enough to kill you, so it's not as bad as it could be. Yeah, yeah, you why fear I mean? death? When yeah. I'm here, it is yeah. not. When it's here, I'm yeah. not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. So. 
Yeah, I got really into all that, but it just seems um, incompatible. It's a discipline. Yeah, I'm right? very undisciplined, yeah. except things that give me like immediate dopamine rushes. Uh, yeah, that's like, a I, problem. I'm good at my relationship and comedy because like, should... both of those are fulfilling immediately. Yeah, in you, a way, you got to focus more on the long term than the short term gain. That's that's how I've realized. Well, you I imagine I'm not going to live long term. You can do. You a could bit. if you started fucking exercising. You could do a little bit of both. Which I would like right. you to live long. I, I microdose mean, exercise. I went up the stairs. You, you, you don't want to uh, uh, mortgage the future or the present for the future either. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, what if you're constantly, if you're a squirrel that constantly hoards nuts and never eats one, you're going to starve to death, my man. You know what I mean? So that's not exactly a fucking good ethos either. Uh, well, so the way I see it is I don't want to drink way. alcohol because even though I'd have a fun night tonight, tomorrow I'll be hungover <clears> and I won't be able to do shit. So I'm not going to drink. Right. Uh, I guess that's, that's you're, you're giving the alcohol a lot of power over you, though, right? It kind of takes the power. I can't really decide to not be hungover. No, you can't, but you can decide to deal with being hungover. So if, I, if you work out today, you're going to be sore tomorrow. Mm-hmm. That's delayed onset muscle soreness two days later, I guess, technically speaking. That doesn't slow me down, though. It doesn't matter if it slows you down. It's so, like, a hangover doesn't slow some people down. It's still a... a some, That's impossible. It's a level of uncomfortability that you're prepared to deal with because of what you're doing today. So, for example, I'm going to do these three activities a day, and I know I'm going to be tired and feel shitty. I mean, staying up late is the same thing. You're just talking about a matter of degree, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so no, you're, but that. you're making a personal Fine, decision. Fine, I'll drink. <laughs> you're making a personal decision that you don't want to experience that discomfort tomorrow, and that's fine. That's a reasonable thing to do. But if you don't let it stop you from doing something that might be fun just because that kind of sucks, like, it, yeah, it's going to kind of suck, and then I'll get over it. Well, because, like, training and, and performing well on stage is more important to me than having a night out because I don't gain mm-hmm. anything from having a night out. You don't. Uh, you don't? There's nothing about... I mean, maybe the, there's not. Hemingway would disagree with you, but Hemingway is not you. You're two different people. Like, he, he died with a bottle of fucking uh, Cuban rum in his hand. Yeah. You know what I mean? A Hemingway but daiquiri is a fantastic it's drink. It's very nice. I was planning on going out like that. Yeah, I mean, rum and cigars together are nice. And mm-hmm. there's something about being able to reflect later on back on that positive experience that might be you're creating, uh, now you're creating schema for which to go back to when you're in a shitty situation. Well, and it's you know also I mean? creating fodder for what we do on stage. And if I don't go out yeah. and have a good night, then I'm just going to continue talking about my past experiences, yeah. and then my entire routine of comedy becomes retroactive. You have to do new stuff for sure, but it also provides you, uh, in the same way that you're building muscle, this is why I don't completely agree with the Stoics, in the same way that you're building muscle when you're working out that can make you stronger in the future, having great experiences in your life or something like this is one of the things we teach in counter in, in interrogation classes, right? Uh, or it's, it's, a, it's a fundamental aspect of transcendental meditation as well where I'm trying to put myself somewhere else. Uh-huh. I can only do that if I can imagine somewhere else. And the best way to imagine somewhere else is to have been there or yeah, been yeah. to some kind of version of it, right? That's why we're so attracted to films and books and shit. Interesting. It's the of the mind. So if you're able to be somewhere even to a lesser degree it's almost like an inoculation i'm taking it so when you're getting tortured you just dissociate and imagine you're somewhere else and the best way to do that is to like have been in fiji and it's do you think your imagination is real um it's as real as anything else it depends on what you mean by real is it as real as my dmt demon experience well the only thing that makes all of this real is that i can use my five senses to observe it Mm -hmm. well that sounds like you're describing tangible instead of real no Reality is only fucking real through the observer's fucking senses. That's how it works. Yeah. 
That's it. Yeah. Right? So, but anyway, light has matter. That <laughs> so when you say um, <clears throat> the, here's the problem with postmodernism, it sees it. it they, we observe that we started talking about um, like Heisenberg, Heisenberg's uncertainty principle, and things mm-hmm. like that. And they tried to. What map, is that again? We uh, don't know where the electrons are because they move too fast. Right. Right. So you can't know the the mass and location of something at the same time. Like it's it's weird, to, but if you break it down into uh, postmodernism and what Foucault took from that, it's that there can't be any universal truth, and that's not true. So it's it's more you you need to go back to well, isn't uh, that what Kant tried to cover with yeah, the critique of yeah. pure reason? It's yeah. like Kant's a can... fucking idiot. Yeah. Oh, I disagree. Yeah. I think that he was trying to counteract what postmodernism is. He was saying that like you can use uh, like a reasonable set of judgments and come to an assertion that's technically true without it being actually true based on the observable universe. Foucault's saying that there, there can be no universal truths right, they're both is observably retarded. I think truth is just a mass population agreement. I don't think there is an ultimate truth. No, math is real for yeah. sure, 100%. Because we all agree it is. No, math is real whether or not you agree it's real or not. Uh, so here, here's, here's the problem no, with... Just weird. Here's, here's the problem with both of those... Got, here's where they maybe stopped short, and maybe maybe they had some axe to grind, I think. Uh, you're uh-huh. right. Uh, Lemke says it's speed and location. You're right uh, about Heisenberg. You have to go back to um, <clears throat> Scr- uh, Schrodinger and talk about collapsing wave functions. Mm-hmm. I think what he I, – I think that, would, that might be a better thought experiment from which to take a sociolo- sociology lesson from because – all these things have to happen for something to be true. Mm-hmm. And I also have to have a sense to be able to observe that truth, right? Mm-hmm. For it to be real. Agreed. Well, what are your thoughts on the double slit experiment? Wait, that, that I, there, I mean, we'll get to that. <clears throat> that means that something can be real for me right now in my scenario and not be real for somebody else. We took that to mean... <clears throat> like if one of you is colorblind and you don't agree on the, the color. Would, yes, Would you say exactly. that's a good example? Yes. So that, that means there, there are some physical properties that that might be true for. I might find it to be more warm here than you do. So you would say it's hot, and I'm like, no, it actually feels nice. Mm-hmm. Those, that's real, right? Sure. Sure. But that doesn't change the fucking temperature. The temperature is still 90 degrees or 60 degrees. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? That is an objective measure. You can't conflate the two. They don't, it doesn't work that way. So your lived experience is useful for you, but that is by definition anecdotal. We don't do that here. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It just it, it doesn't have any place in a conversation about how things should be, in my opinion. People, there's, two, there's, there's these two fields of thought, how it is and how it should be. Mm-hmm. And people conflate that too, far too often. Like, well, it should be like this. Well, it's not. Yeah, and yeah. pretending that it can be doesn't do you any favors. I think that's definitely may... where my issues come in and, like, my apathy comes from not being able to reconcile those two. Yes. Well, I, I disagree. And this is how it is. You're uh, not going to be able to reconcile those two. Why should you want to? That's the problem. Like, we're trying to ice skate uphill trying to reconcile two things that are irreconcilable. Why would you even bother with that? I, I think that uh, trying to change something, if I wanted to make – six become nine and make six degrees be 90 degrees. And I followed a life goal of trying to change that. And I never succeeded. I would still have a fulfilling life of trying. You can't, you can change the temperature from 60 to 90 by turning the fucking heat on. (laughs) No, I mean, (laughs) 
But you can't change 60 to 90. You but I could try. No. And I could feel can't. fulfilled. No, that's stupid. But, but how would yes, you, I would be stupid? an idiot for yeah. doing that, but you I can, would be a fulfilled you, idiot. You can, you can make the temperature go up. You cannot change what 60 is. You understand that, right? Yes, I do. Okay. But I'm saying devil's advocate. You try to change what 60 is? Let's pretend that I'm completely insane. No, you are. <laughs> <laughs> Again, you're not. Uh, you, we base all this in the same way that juris, uh, legal scholars would base. Uh, the, the, one of the fundamentals of law is a, a reasonable person, right? Mm -hmm. So from the perspective of a reasonable person, did, would you consider that to be theft or murder or whatever the case is? Right? Sure, sure, sure. That, that's, that's normal. So back to the double slit experiment. Yep. <laughs> what about it specifically? So that it essentially concludes that the universe is conscious that it's being watched. That, that is a, that's a pretty big leap. Well, there's more evidence to support that than there is for gravity. No. Yeah. Say more things. Yeah, because he just did that. Now gravity. you tell me, universe. And, and the, the only real evidence for gravity we'll ever need is the picture that was taken by Einstein's research assistant in 1919. <laughs> like, we literally saw light bending around the sun. So it could only be that we're in this cosmic soup of space-time. I'm not saying I there's not enough. I thought you meant the picture of Albert Einstein with his tongue out. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, that's all I need for gravity. That guy's yeah. smart. Well, so the double slit experiment, it, it acted as a wave. Yep. And then when uh, they looked closer, it acted as a particle. And then they moved it away again and it acted as a wave again. Right. Uh -huh. So you can't... Which means it's aware it's being observed. How else do you interpret that? No, it means what? that you observing it has an effect on it. Yeah. That doesn't mean it's aware of anything. How could your ob observation have an effect on matter? Well, what do this you mean? is where, like, the, the Dunning-Kruger of this happens, yeah. because you think that you have an understanding of particle physics, but you don't. Yeah. Like, someone with science background could explain to you how observation... But he was just explaining that with the Heisenberg uncertainty principle. Like, all of quantum physics is based around observation changes the outcome of it. So, like... I mean, there's even like a, a Futurama joke about the yeah, but I'm saying race. how how does that happen? Well, it may not be, it may not with it, brain it may not be happening right. So there may be print, there may be uh, uh, fundamental aspects of of particles and waves that in our ability to sense them in our five senses become different at di different distances, right? That's that's a real thing. So mm -hmm. you, if you look at a dot far enough away, or if you look at anything far enough away, it's going to look like light to us. So you're right? saying it's like an illusion. Uh, that's, I think it would be reductive of me to say that it's an illusion. I think it's just a matter of different, I, I guess in the way that we say optical illusion, yes, maybe it is an optical illusion in that way. So if reality is an optical illusion, then how is anything real? <sighs> Again, it depends on where you are and what you mean by real. So because you said realism, if you can touch it and feel it and experience it, you can't touch an electron. That's correct, but I can see the sun right now, and it looks orangish to me. But if it was, I don't know, a million light years away, it would be a white dot. You know yeah. what I mean? So perspective. Both of those things are true. And it doesn't make truth unattainable. It means truth depending on what, and it's a nuanced conversation. So that's why long forms discussion about things like that are important. It's why uh, just believing what somebody like Foucault says is a really dumb thing to do without putting it in practice. This is the main argument that people have about string theory, that it's untestable, right? Mm. If, you're, if, you're, if your premise is unfalsifiable, you can't perform the Socratic method now. You can't perform the scientific method. 
isn't that what in the burden of proof supposed to be on what you are declaring though? Yeah, so I mean, look, there's it a lot. Just be like a, a silly yeah. theory to begin with. No, because the math works. Okay. Right. That's the argument that, like Steven Weinberg, that here in UT Austin actually, who uh, figured out the standard model mm-hmm. of physics, like what quarks are. Yeah, yeah. Um, <clears throat> That's pretty cool that the quark guy's here. Yeah. Well, I think he's still alive. Um, also, if if particles can act as a wave, then couldn't that mean everything is made of light and we're holograms? Now that in string theory is possible, right? There, there wouldn't be any at the at the quantum level. There wouldn't be any fundamental difference between one one atom and another. It would just be which particles are switched on. But we can't think like that. Yeah, I'm just trying to pick your brain. Yeah, it's that's. The I don't problem. know what the fuck I'm talking about. The problem is <laughs> that, the problem is that we can't think that way. Like we can't conceptualize these things. We can't think about what the fourth spatial dimension might look like. Just do more DMT, man. Yeah, that's the plan. <laughs> I'm going to go do it now. Actually, I'm going to go piss now. Hell yeah. So. All yeah. right. I mean, I think that's enough for today. Thank you yeah. so much for joining us, Dan. Yeah, thank you, Dan. This is, this is uh, not funny at all, but it was very interesting. Mm. Yeah. I had uh, a very good time. There were funny parts. Yeah, there were a couple funny parts. The worm guy is funny. The worm guy is hilarious. Oh, yeah. He'll yeah. be there live with us next week at Native Hostel, uh, 11.20, 8.00 p.m., uh, we uh, we have the tickets on a uh, Giggle Boys podcast uh, at Giggle Boys podcast. God damn it! At Giggle Boys podcast on Instagram, uh, patreoncom slash Boys, Great way to support us. Check out the bonus episodes uh, and follow Brody Lowballer on Spotify and Apple Music and everything. It pains I'm, me to say this, but it's actually very good. Uh, he, he's it's he's good at rap, and you should check it out. It uh, I can tell it pains him to say that. Yeah, but I, I did first. It shouldn't. At first, his voice was like, "Come on, Eli, why are you rapping?" And then I listened to it. I was like, "I enjoy Brody Lobo. <laughs> I have ain't easy saved in my liked songs." Oh hell yeah! Yeah, and I'm dropping a new song every week forever. All right, thank you for tuning. See in. you next time. Y'all be good.